Welcome to the Radical Brilliance Podcast with Arjuna Arda and brilliant guests from around the world who are contributing to the evolution of humanity. Today's guest is Carolyn Anderson, who's going to talk to us about co-creation. And here's your host, Arjuna Arda. Hey, welcome back to the Radical Brilliance Podcast. Today's guest is Carolyn Anderson, who is the co-author of the Co-Creators Handbook, now in its second version. I've known Carolyn since 1998, 21 years ago, um, when I first moved to Nevada City. Nevada City in California, by the way, is really a, a gathering place, like a hotspot for incredibly creative, brilliant people. Like maybe a third or a half of the guests I have on this show are living right in my hometown. Like the Ampcoil people are here, Carolyn's here, Claire Dubois is here. It's really, it seems like Nevada City is the, the center of an emerging conscious world. The amazing and wonderful thing about Carolyn is not only that she writes about co-creation, but in a really continuous, stable way, she lives the spirit of co-creation in everything she does. She's been, she was the, the um, kind of adjudicator of our board when we had a non-profit organization. She's really good at just, at, at creating decisions out of a group consciousness where everybody feels like they made the decision and there is no hierarchy. Now, the word co-creation was actually coined by Barbara Marks Hubbard back in 1984 when she, was, uh, when she had a, a, a campaign to run as vice president. Uh, and the word co-creation is really in contrast to the dominator model that we've been so used to. One, it's like the genius with a thousand helpers, or sometimes in, 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 current, in current times of political leadership, it's often the, you know, the, the crazy idiot with a thousand helpers. But, uh, but one way or another, you, the dominator model means that one person runs on their charisma, their, their, really the forcefulness of their personality, often their narcissism, and everyone else just falls in line. It becomes a sort of narcissistic, codependent uh, situation. Co-creation really means that it requires a shift from both sides. The, the dominator relaxes their need to dominate and becomes in a position of servant leadership. But also the people who are being dominated reclaim their power so that uh, decisions can be made co-creatively. Now, Carolyn is not only someone who knows about this and talks about this, she, someone who, she's someone who lives it in her every single interaction. So please enjoy this, uh, this conversation with her that happened right here in my living room a few months ago. And um, I hope there'll be a lot of things you can hear in this conversation that you can integrate right away into the way that you interact with other people. Hey there, Carolyn. Hey. Hey. Thank you so much for coming by today. Mm -hmm. 
we've known each other actually a really long time. Um, I think it's more than 20 years. Yeah, about yeah. 20 years. 20 years, yeah. yeah. I moved here to Nevada City in 98. Yeah, and I arrived in uh, 99. I think we first met in the tiny living room of a house that I lived on Broad Street when I first arrived. It was mm-hmm. actually a brothel. I mean, not during my occupancy, <laughs> but, but historically it was built as a brothel. Oh, I, ne- I never knew that. Back in the 1850s, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it, it, we, we didn't do a whole lot of brotheling when I lived there, but <laughs> pre- previously I, 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 was, I was cutting back on my brotheling by then. But uh, anyway, so that's where we met, and we met in a brothel. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just been going downhill ever since. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, when I met you, uh, I had I had heard this word from our mutual friend Barbara Marks Hubbard, a co-creation. Did she write a book on that with that subject, co-creation? Uh, let's see. I don't think she's written a book called Conscious Evolution. Conscious Evolution. Yeah. But she certainly was using the word co-creation yeah. when yeah. I first met her, which mm-hmm. was earlier in the nineties. Yeah. But when I met you, you and your friend Catherine Roski, you came up with, the, with this manual that I'm actually holding my hand now. People can't, most people can't see it because we're on audio, but it's a, the mm-hmm. Co-Creator's Handbook, which is now in its second edition, yeah. second version. Mm-hmm. And it really gives legs and feet and arms to a concept and makes it livable. So let's get started on this. because We've got a lot of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could just explain to to us what does the word co-creation mean yeah well uh this morning i googled the word co-creation because when i as you suggested you forget finally you better figure out what you're talking about right? <laughs> well i want to see how how big is it oh i see how big is it how popular is yeah. this word because as you say when i first got involved with barbara hubbard in 1983 yeah i heard barbara use the word and i was aware that fintorn community in northern scotland mm-hmm. was using that word in relationship between humans and nature primarily right, right. So that's like a small community and Barbara Hubbard. This morning, uh, I, there are over 6 million results if you Google the word co-creation. Mm-hmm. And they mainly have to do about business. So in business, um, I would use the word co- cooperation or mm-hmm. collaboration. Mm-hmm. But their definition of business is that it's an economic strategy. Mm-hmm. where stakeholders come together to produce either a result or give a service that has a mutual benefit. So it's sort of the bottom line is the economics of it. Yeah. And the thing that I know about that is that um, often if you're working in an office, you may not like your manager. You, mm-hmm. may, you know, you may have distaste for this individual, but yet you can produce something together. You can cooperate with that person and get something done mm-hmm. uh, because it's to your mutual benefit. Yeah. Co-creation, the way we define it, doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of definitions, but the one I like best at this moment is consciously aligning with the creative process of nature. And that's both internal and external. It's personal and it's collective. But what's imperative here is that co-creation happens essence to essence, heart to heart. And uh, I have to honor and respect you or I can't co-create with you. You have to honor and respect me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm glad that I do. I'm glad you finally got that point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Um, I remember when I was young. I can vaguely remember. <laughs> I think it happened at some point that when I was growing up, a lot of um, certainly a lot of spirituality and a lot of personal growth, but also a lot of kind of political social movements had a clearly defined leader. Right. It was mm. it was so even things that aspired to be very evolutionary and mm-hmm. cutting edge, they were frequently oriented around a leader. Mm-hmm. You know? So there was, you know, I, I when I was young, I learned transcendental meditation, mm-hmm. which was very much about Marichi Mahayogi. <laughs> and then I, you know, I got involved with different spiritual organizations. You know, I, I hooked up with Osho for a while and. A lot of things focused around a leader, the leader's photograph, you know. So that was a time that was really dominated by charismatic leaders, even in the environmental realm or the financial realm. Mm -hmm. realm. Mm -hmm. What I notice, you know, as millennials have grown up and and, and now are really running the show, so many things emerge today which rely upon a commonly shared meme, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So a really a most obvious example of this is the Occupy movement, which is which has receded now, I mm-hmm. believe, but it was very strong in mm-hmm. the early part of this uh, decade. And I can remember, you know, with Occupy Wall Street, journalists were showing going, journalists would show up and say, "I want to, I want to interview the organizer, or I want to interview the founder," and no organizer could be found. It was somehow a, it was something that came together. And even today, you know, could, do you know who started the Occupy movement? There's, no, yeah. I have no idea. But you know the Occupy movement. You don't yeah, yeah. Same with Black Lives Matter. It has spokespeople sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's hard to find one, mm-hmm. one leader. Even, you know, uh, well, yeah, Me Too, which yeah. of course began with the victims of Harvey Weinstein, but it, mm-hmm. it quickly became a globally shared meme. Mm-hmm. And that for me is indicative of why the word co-creation has come into such common parlance. I, I was at a, a, a conference... I was really impressed by last November, where a lot of the participants were actually millennials. It's called um, the Summit Series. It was in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. 3,000 people, and the speakers were like Al Gore, Peter DeMantis, you know, Sir Kenneth Robinson, you know, mm-hmm. world-class speakers. Mm-hmm. And the Summit Series was actually put together by four young guys, but they hardly, they, you hardly notice them, you know, and every now and then I would find myself in a group of people talking together and, oh, one of the guys in a t-shirt and jeans was one of the founders, but you wouldn't notice the difference, you yeah. see. So I think I would just reflect that whether or not people are trained, we have actually altogether shifted mm-hmm. from less focus on a charismatic individual and more of the possibility of people coming together. Just to say one more thing about this, you know, because... Some, you know, when, when, when we were growing up, there were charismatic spiritual teachers. Mm-hmm. And I noticed today younger people have a deep spirituality, but it's not focused around a teacher or a tradition so much. Yeah. Exactly. What we say about co-creation is that we're moving collectively, as you just said, out of a dominator hierarchical model into a partnership model. Yeah. So if we were to use a symbol, we would say we're moving out of the pyramid structure where mm-hmm. the guy at the top, the CEO, the manager, um, is telling people what to do to the circle, the model the circle. of the circle, where we're yeah. co-equals. Yeah. We're working together, yeah. Yeah, and with a circle, I mean, really, a circle doesn't need to have any center. You know? mm-hmm. so, so well, the center's in each of us. This, exactly, and that's yeah. such a... 
such a deep thing to tune into mm -hmm. that the center can be everywhere simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Like, because it, to me, when I, when I feel that possibility that each person is, in, in a way that's kind of illogical, each person is simultaneously the hub at the center of, of everything. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So in, in, it's like you are the star of the movie in which I'm an extra. Okay. And I'm the star of the movie in which you're... It's, and it's happening yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. And that actually allows for tremendous empowerment. You know, yeah. It allows for you not to go along with other people's agenda, but actually to live life from your values. Yeah, yeah. that's what we feel about co-creation, is mm. that when you move out of that hierarchical model, you liberate creativity, you create more love and connection, and you empower people, both individuals and groups. You know, what we're all about here with this podcast, Radical Brilliance Podcast, and the company, mm -hmm. the Radical Brilliance Project that you're a part of, mm -hmm. what we're really all about is um, empowering people, supporting people to make the greatest possible contribution they can to a saner, more sustainable planet. Yeah. So we don't have to participate in mass destruction. We can actually become players in evolution. Mm -hmm. So how is co-creation relevant to that, to people who want to make a difference, who want to see reforestation and, and, and climate change reversing, who want to see juster financial systems, for people who want to see a better world emerging, how is co-creation relevant? Well, it's, it's a process that calls forth the genius of each person in that circle. Yeah. And uh, so some of the basic elements of co-creation are, first of all, um, and this is a non-linear process, it's just like nature, it doesn't go one, two, three, mm. but one essential ingredient to co-creation is you can only create as consciousness. You can't be identifying with your roles Mm -hmm. or your position. I'm not coming to you as the co-director of Global Family. I'm coming to you heart open, essence to essence, two people on a journey here to give our best. Right. And, uh, and what happens is when we join our mm. genius together, that mm. really liberates more creativity. You know what I right immediately notice is when we meet as consciousness mm -hmm. or we meet as love, mm -hmm. we're actually not meeting as two. You know, That's right. We're meeting, we're meeting as one consciousness. Mm -hmm. If when you meet as the director of global family and I mm -hmm. meet as the head honcho of something <laughs> amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> the big poobar of something. Yeah. Then all we can do is negotiate exactly. for our separate agendas. Uh -huh. But when we meet as consciousness and we meet as love and when we meet as human beings mm -hmm. who are animated out of this planet, we actually meet more in a place where there's oneness, where yeah. there's the same, same consciousness. Yeah. If you're enjoying this podcast with Arjuna Arda and his radically brilliant guest, you might also enjoy our eight-week online group coaching program. It's an opportunity to go deep and get stable in practices that enhance your own brilliance. We only take 20 participants at a time, so in a small and intimate group, you can go through the whole Radical Brilliance cycle. You'll have an accountability partner in another brilliant aspirant from somewhere around the world. The eight-week coaching program involves eight one-hour webinars with Arjuna Arda and a group of other Radical Brilliance coaches. 
You'll also receive one 30-minute coaching session with your own personal coach every week and one 90-minute coaching session with Arjuna himself. It's the ideal opportunity to drop deep into yourself, into the source of your own creativity, and to get support for an entire eight weeks of mining your own radical brilliance and bringing it forth into a project or creation that can truly serve the future of humanity. Find out more at RadicalBrilliance.com and click on the Programs tab. So another one of the basic ingredients of co-creation is uh, building and maintaining resonance, holding that heart field, holding that love and respect for one another mm. so that we can co-create. Yeah, I call resonance the invisible field of co-creation. Do you want to talk now or do you want to talk later about specifically how to create resonance? I'm happy to talk now. Let's do it. Sure. Go okay. Well, there's so many ways to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one way is just silence. Yeah. Take a walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're creating resonance. Uh, we've all experienced it at a, some sort of a concert or even a ball game where mm-hmm. you're sitting with the people. They're all cheering for the same team. That's resonance. But uh, resounding, echoing back and forth, being on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So supposing we've got a company, you know, let's say we've got a, a small socially, a company of social entrepreneurs, people mm-hmm. who want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. How might they integrate building resonance into the way that they show up at work every day? Uh, so lots of ways to do that. I, was, I would say the first thing is mindfulness, mm-hmm. being present in the moment mm-hmm. and um, seeing the best in one another. Yeah. Really seeing that this person, you know, I may not agree, Mm. uh, our ideology may be different, but I can see that this person has some real gifts to give here, and I respect this person, I honor them, and I come to them with an open heart. Beautiful. I've noticed that in uh, knowing you for so many years, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that just the other day we we, we referenced somebody who had not done what we had hoped they had done, Mm -hmm. and we were obviously both being a little inconvenienced. But I noticed right away you you tuned into their highest intention. You said, "Oh well, this is a person who's very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a lot on their plate. I'm sure they're just having a str-. you know." So mm-hmm. I I noticed that about you that you always assume the best in people, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know it's maybe to you it's obvious because you're used to living that way. But not everybody does that. Yeah. Well, if you uh, just reflect for a minute on quantum physics, the observer effect. Yes, yes, yes. What I see in you is what I'm calling out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still, I I respect you for this because you don't only do it. Some people remember to do that to people's faces, Mm -hmm. but you don't really talk about people behind their backs Mm -hmm. in anything other than an uplifting way. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty pretty cool. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So did, you were going through some principles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so another one, um, because we all do have ego personalities and we have all been wounded in one way or another. Yeah. We all had childhoods. Yeah. Um, we have to learn how to overcome this illusion of separation. Yeah, yeah. It comes up all the time. Right. Okay. So these are a series of communication skills. So we learn how to always maintain resonance. And in the book, we have something called the co-creators agreements. Yeah. 
And these uh, were delivered to Global Family in 1987 by a woman named Marion Head. She was on the board of mm. Global Family. It's funny, I just, I just opened the book, it opened up right there. Very yeah. good. And there are things like, uh, take responsibility. I yeah. take responsibility for my creations, my reactions, mm-hmm. my actions, and, and so on. So they are sort of a foundational basics for how we want to relate with one another. Do you have these co-creators agreements? Do you have them on a set? Or do you have them as a, as a PDF, as a, as a standalone course. document? Of course. How would you feel if we um, if we put a download, a PDF download, right on sure, the great. Right, right on the page? Yeah. Absolutely. The only thing I want to add about this is because they are co-creators agreements, mm-hmm. we ask people if they use them, and thousands of people and groups have used them over the decades. We want them to co-create them. Yeah. So to change the words, make the, throw some of them out if yeah. you don't Got resonate it. with them. Yeah. Uh, add your own, change the words so that as a group you're owning them. Like like you can say yes to this one. I like this one. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. They they I'll just I'll just say a few here because I've got the book open. You know, they sure. include things like be mindful, realize potential in yourself and others, follow guidance, communicate with integrity. Act with integrity, keep it, which means keeping agreements, I imagine. Yeah. Deep listening. These are great. Deep listening. Mm-hmm. Have a spirit of curiosity. Honor each other person. Wow, this is fantastic. Appreciate country. I mean, I've read this before, but it's just, you know, it's yeah. fresh. That's the benefit of uh, getting a little older. You can't well, remember stuff. Well, the thing, Arjuna, that's great about the agreements, you know, I'm, I'm also part of a community in northern New Mexico, yeah. Hummingbird Community. Hummingbird, yeah. And, of course, these are very foundational. We brought these into Hummingbird when we co-founded it. And it's really great because it makes everything very neutral. If yeah. we all agree up front, these are our agreements, we're going to abide by them. Yeah. Then if somebody doesn't, quote, take responsibility, hmm. you know, we can refer to the agreement. Yeah. And it's not, you're a bad, wrong person, but, yeah. you know, we did agree to this. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm not going to read the rest, but mm-hmm. we will put these on a yeah, download, download on, on, our, on our website. Yeah. So, without, you were going, still going through Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, another one is uh, accessing our inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. Learning, you know, I, I was raised, and probably most of us were raised, looking to outer authority. Yeah. And because we are consciousness, because we are love, we are life... The practice of looking within for our guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? What am I? What am I to do next? Mm. You know, I don't ask you. I sit down. I reflect on what's right for me. What's in alignment with my values? What would be of service to others? And so we learn how to do that. And for me, it's been it's been a practice because mm-hmm. I, as a child, I was never told to look within. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, another piece of this is discovering our deeper purpose in life. Yeah. And I, mine, I discovered mine in 1983, and it happened in a resonant field. It happened with a group of people. Tell and, me about that. Well, it was 1983. I was working with Barbara Hubbard on her campaign for a positive future. That was when she was campaigning to be vice president? Vice President of the United States on the Democratic ticket. Who was who was the presidential candidate? Uh, let's see. I can. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I, I can't Daisy. say his name right now. No, I can see the guy begins with M. But he didn't and make he it. lost. 
Yeah, he, he didn't no. make it. He was kind of a little nondescript. I think. But but you know, Arjuna, she what she was doing was she was using politics as a forum to share a particular vision with the American public. Right. She didn't want to be vice president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she asked Sanford and me initially, Sanford being my husband. Right. Um, There's a story to, to that one too. We'll come back to about, okay. about Sanford being your husband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, to manage her campaign initially in Northern California. And so we uh, we put on a fundraising event for her. That's why she invited us to manage her campaign. Uh-huh. And we called together a group of about 30 friends, friends and acquaintances of ours, to... Um, to manage her campaign, and it was in that circle, it was in actually in a, like a ceremony that we did with this group of 30 people, building this resonant field, which I couldn't have told you at the time, I wouldn't have had this language, mm-hmm. that it, I, these, these practices just started pouring through me. Oh, really? Yeah. The and practices started, so they just came to you? They just came to me. Wonderful, I love In that. the same way that a musician or an artist, it just comes to you, it's what you're here to do, so you do it. Yeah. And Barbara, in her genius as a social architect, she was able to watch the process and write it down. Wow. And once you can map it, then you can replicate it. And that's what we've done in these books is replicate the process so somebody can buy the book, invite a couple of friends, and do their own thing, do their own group. The book, by the way, everybody, is the Co-Creators Handbook 2.0, and you can get it on, what's that What's that? A-M, that was A, write this down, it's A-M-A-Z-O-N. I've heard it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Dot com, yeah. A-M-A-Z-O-N dot com. You can get this book there. Yep. As well as a few other things I think they sell too. Yeah. Um, and that, that guy, by the way, says that this is the blessing and the curse of having an iPhone right next to you. Walter Mon- Mondale was the... Uh, oh, thank you so much. I knew it was M. Yeah. began with M. And I knew he uh, didn't make it. No. But, but you know, she didn't... Uh, uh, just to share what her vision was. Cause I, I think, think he lost to Ronald Reagan, maybe, actually. Maybe. In 84. I... Yeah. I I, I forget. I know that the convention was in San Francisco. Right. But, you know, my energy was into supporting the uh, this vision of Barbara's. And the vision was at that time she called it creating a peace room in the office of the vice presidency. Mm-hmm. And because the vice president doesn't have a well-defined job, let's give this person a job. And so it was to map, track connect and communicate what's working in the United States. And she saw that there would be a peace room in Nevada City, (laughs) there'd be one in LA, and so on. And so it's a great idea. Let's amplify what's working. Um, so that's why that's why she was running, and uh, actually the big success was that her she was able to give a speech at the Democratic convention yeah. called uh, "To Fulfill the Dream." Was mm-hmm. the speech, and people can watch it on YouTube. All oh, right, Barbara Marks Hubbard, "To Fulfill the Dream." All right, yeah, interesting. Great. Interesting. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a dynamo. She's like yeah. in her must have late eighties now. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Uh-huh. And she's still. Oh, yeah. Going strong. Full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember I, my son, Abby, and I, we went to spend a weekend with her. We were actually recording a kind of a, an online course together. And so, I, we, you know, we stayed at her house. It was in Santa Barbara at the time. Mm-hmm. I can remember after a weekend with, San, with, with, with Barbara Marks Hubbard, I needed several days to recover. <laughs> that was exhausting. <laughs> uh, she's, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's, let's talk about practices. I think it's so wonderful that you've, that you've been able to map all this. So yeah. let's get into some of the, 
really specific practices that people can use and become more co-creative. Yeah. Okay, one really practical one is learning how to clear with another person if you're feeling out of relationship. All right. How do you do that? So Let's do it with you and me. <laughs> <laughs> About that thing, you know. Let's clear the thing. <laughs> well, uh, so the most important thing, because we value the resonance, we yeah. know we have to stay in resonance with one another. Right. So let's say I'm feeling out of sorts with you. That's impossible to imagine, but okay, if you want to go fantasy. You did, you did something and it, uh, it didn't sit well with me. I thought you would find a fish in your shoe kind of funny. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. Did you didn't like that? <laughs> no, I was thinking of, of the time you pushed me out of the way because you wanted to be ahead of me in the line. I would never do that. I would put fish in your shoe, but not, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, let's pretend. Okay, I pushed so you out of the way to be the line for what? For a movie. A movie. A movie, yeah. I wanted, I pushed you out of the way so I could be ahead of you in a line for the movie. Because there was a long line, you wanted to make sure you got in. And I pushed you aside. Yeah. This is cutting to a nightmare scenario. Okay, <laughs> God. okay so the first I, thing this I do... the most traumatic podcast I've ever done. Okay, go on then. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I would do is... Yeah, is slap me back. <laughs> no, no, no. Because of the agreement maintain resonance... Oh, thou shalt not slap. That was agreement number 14. Maintain okay. resonance. Okay. I want to stay connected heart to heart with you. Right. So I've got to clear this with you. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'm going to have judgments. I'm going to blame you. Well, you I'm going to, right I may, avo- I I may you avoid you. Yeah. Whatever it's going to be. So right. this happens all the day. It does. All the time. It does. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say to you... Uh, hey Arjuna, I, I need to talk to you about something. Do you have some time? Could, are, when are you available? I'm available now. Okay, yeah. so th- then now would be the time. But you might say to me, well, what about Sunday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? Right. So another rule about clearing with a person is you have to make sure that the time is open-ended. Mm-hmm. It can't be, I've got 20 minutes. No, because right, it might take longer. It might take longer. Yeah. The second thing is you have to create, there have to, has to be like, the person has to feel comfortable. I have to make sure that we do this wherever you would feel comfortable. So it's like, you can come to my house, I'll go to yours, but I'm not going to do this in a crowded restaurant where people might come in and know you and interrupt us. Okay, that wouldn't feel good. Yeah. I'm going to use iMessages. I'm not going to say, you did this, you shoved me aside, <laughs> and it really pissed me off. That doesn't mean the same thing. When you say iMessages... iMessages, it's a thing on the phone, iMessages. So oh, okay. <laughs> it means I'm going to say I. Yeah, I understand. Okay, Arjuna, uh, I was really hurt when yeah. you shoved me aside. Got it. Uh, I was angry when mm-hmm. you shoved me aside, whatever it is. And you're not going to say you. I'm you, not you were say an asshole you. when you I'm shoved not, me aside. No, no, I'm not accusing you. Yeah. And I'm just telling you how I feel. And right. I'm saying everything. And, you know, actually, I remember, Arjuna, something like this happened before. And, you know, where I felt you were sort of rude to me. Hmm. And uh, I just want to make a quick note for our listeners. <laughs> this is a simulation. This is not. This yeah, is yeah. Not, we're actually quite good friends. We're very good friends. <laughs> and I'm very rude to other people, but not to Carolyn. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is not real. So I, I say what I need to say. Yeah. And then I'm quiet. Right. And now you have an opportunity. Right. And you say whatever you say. And something like oh, I'm this. I'm really sorry about shoving you out of line in the movies. It was actually a terrible movie. I mean, I wish I had... <laughs> I wished at least I'd shoved you out of line for a good movie. 
but I'm really sorry. And um, how can I make it up to you? And I might say, you know, you're, you're apologizing is all I need. Right. Thanks so much. Right. Big hug. That's it. So it can be really simple, quick, and easy like that. Yeah. But sometimes, uh, you know, it's a lot more complicated. And yeah. when it's a lot more complicated and there's a lot more emotional charge, mm. then you might want to have a third person, third person there. Yeah. And you both agree on that person. Somebody you feel comfortable with, somebody I feel comfortable with comfortable with not somebody who owes their allegiance to me yeah okay yeah and that person is just a neutral neutral observer a witness somebody who can reflect back and if things get you know really upset or something Mm. can say you know let's stop here or whatever so brilliant so that's a great practice yeah clearing withholds yeah Yeah. that's fantastic i think that's pretty easy to duplicate Do 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 you have do you have guidelines for that? I'm like on a, on a, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's in the book. Exactly how to right. do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if you had a standalone sheet or something that we could... Uh, so. uh, I, well, I've, anything in the book I can create into a PDF. Okay, so. brilliant. That'd be awesome, yeah. If you're yeah. open to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As you're listening to this conversation with Arjuna Arda and his radically brilliant guest, you might feel inspired to go deeper into your own expression of radical brilliance. Come join us for a one-week Radical Brilliance Laboratory held in a beautiful rural location in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. During the laboratory, you'll have an opportunity to dive deeply into all four quadrants of the Brilliant Cycle. This means you'll be able to explore experiences of consciousness without boundaries. And you'll be able to start accessing original impulses of creativity from within yourself that can become your unique contribution to the world. You can get in touch with your own learning and integrate mistakes that will allow you to mature and grow. You'll have the chance to deeply mine your own resources as well as connect with other brilliant people in a small, intimate context for a week. You can check out the Radical Brilliance Laboratories at RadicalBrilliance.com under the Events tab. So another, another uh, part of this formula, how mm-hmm. to co-create, is once you know what your deeper calling is, your purpose, this is what I'm here to do, which by the way can take many different forms. Yeah. It doesn't have to, it, it won't always look alike, but exactly. you know, I'm here at the broadest level, I'm shifting consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I'm doing, but I'm doing it by sharing co creative practices. Yeah. And I may be lecturing, I may be teaching, I may be facilitating a gathering where mm. we're modeling all of this. Mm. 
So once I know what I'm here to do, then intuitively I know I've got to find my partners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. None of us can do this alone. Sure. So what I've learned over the years is that um, for co-creation, there's four essential ingredients to creating a co-creative team. Great. And by the way, a team could be two people. It mm-hmm. could be you and me. Mm-hmm. But between the two of us, we have to have these four elements. Oh, great. What are they? Okay, the first element is vision. Vision. We've got to have a vision. And of course, on a team, you have to have a shared vision. Yeah. Um, we have to have resonance, so we have to have the emotional component, which yeah. is the resonance. We have to have this feeling of uh, trust and respect. Um, we have to have a mental component, which is the systems and the structures. You a, know, what, a what component? Um, the mental. A mental. A mental. Right. So yeah. often people who are really strong at the cognitive level, they're good system structures people. Right. Yeah. And then you have to have the physical component, which is the doingness. Yeah. You have to have people who want to do stuff. So, yeah, I I now am able to look at teams. And, for example, a few years ago at Hummingbird Community, there was a group of people at the community who came together and decided to do a business together. And it's interesting because not everybody at Hummingbird is as steeped in these practices I could look at that team and say, you know what, they're not going to make it. Uh-huh. You know, they don't have, first of all, they, it was, it was like a made-up project. It wasn't a, pro- in a co-creative team, you want to make sure that everybody is giving their gift to mm. that team. So they're not just deciding. It's not like you and I just decide, let's do this. It's like we have the impulse from within to know what to do. And then we make sure that whatever we do, it's fun and fulfilling for each one of us. So mm-hmm. nobody's doing it because, oh, I don't want to do this, but it has to get done. So I could look at that team and Hummingbird and say, you know what, it's not, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I could see they had, for sure they had the resonance. They didn't have, uh, they didn't have anybody who was really strong at systems instructors. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what, this, and sure enough. You know, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not working. So if you get two or even three people and you're missing... One of these four elements, you've got to bring somebody in until you've got all of them. If you're going to do it in a co-creative way. Yeah. Now, of course, in business, or if you look at the way most, most people operate in the world, they're not, they don't care how you feel. You know, my son works for a big company, and he does what he does, and he enjoys it. It's mm-hmm. his passion. But, uh, you know, he, it is in a hierarchy, yeah. and his boss doesn't really care if he's happy. Yeah. You know. That's actually something in the Radical Brilliance Project that we put a lot of attention on, and it kind of slightly um, surprises people, you know, because we, we've got a young woman we really like a lot. She lives in New Zealand, and she does our blog. Mm-hmm. blog. She does all our social media stuff for us, you know, uh-huh. Facebook and blog and stuff. And um, at some point, she had a health thing going and wanted to push on through and get it done. And I said, you know... If, if you're not feeling well, it's probably not going to be a lot of fun for you to have to put this blog up, right? Yeah. And she said, yeah, but it has to be done. I said, no, honestly, your well-being is more important to me than getting the blog out on time. Yeah. And it was, she was very disoriented by that, but she's gotten used to it now that we care about her more than getting the job done. Yeah, that's And beautiful. of course that creates sustainable relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Then another uh, component, co-creation, is how do we make decisions? Yeah. You've got this business now. Mm-hmm. And you've got a very strong personality, so it'd be pretty... Moi. <laughs> yes, yes, you. It would be pretty easy 
for you to just sort of dominate the thing and you know tell people what to do or say I've decided this yeah. and therefore okay yeah. but in in a co-creative model um, because we're guided by our our inner knowing let's yeah. say uh, the way we make decisions is uh, we follow that, we follow that inner impulse, and we ask ourselves, you know, is this in alignment with my personal values? Is this bringing forth, you know, do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. Would this be fun for me, uplifting mm-hmm. for me? And is this good for the team, and is it good for society? Right, right. Am I making a contribution here? Yeah. So it's very different from, I've made a, you know, if I go back in my life, I've made a lot of decisions by list A and list A, B. You know, these are the pros, these are the cons, therefore I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. As opposed to really feeling like, wow, this be, wow, this really feels like something for me to do. This would be great. Yeah, got yeah. it. So you're saying really, it comes back to this thing about the center of the circle is everywhere, mm-hmm. that when you have a project, you, you're aiming for each person to feel like yeah. they, they have ownership of it. Yeah. And back to Barbara's campaign, mm-hmm. 1983, uh, the thing that was um, magical about that team, there were 12 of us in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we ended up uh, you know, managing the whole campaign. She... she fired her staff in Washington, D.C., and moved. she moved herself out to Palo Alto to the back room of our house is what oh, happened. We were in Palo Alto? We were in Palo Alto. All right. Yeah. So, so Apple Computer was just getting invented around that time as, as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Silicon Valley, for sure. Yeah. But what happened with that team that was so remarkable, because 12 of us, it was six men and six women, All right. is that we had such a balance of gifts Mm-hmm. We had everything covered, all four of those, plus we were in total resonance. We really loved each other. And the, the, these were really competent people. These were fantastic people. It was actually before we did this ceremony where people stepped forward and decided, I want to be part of this. Sanford and I had actually sat down and we had made a list of our dream team. And we said, boy, when we look at these people who are coming, because we knew all of them, uh, if we could have our dream team, and it was the six men and the six women who stood forward, stepped forward and said, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So because of the resonance, because of the capabilities, we were so productive, and we mm-hmm. had such a good time. Mm-hmm. There was so much humor, so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it was really a high point in my life, and that's what popped me into my purpose, and, you know, the rest is history. The rest history. is history. Yeah. Let's go for another practice. I love these practices. Okay. Something that people could take home and use, like 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 you've done already. Okay. Well, uh, let's do one on the inner listening. Yeah. Good. Okay. Inner listening. Yeah. Inner listening. How do you how do you get in touch with? And I know this is a big part of your work. Yeah. Radical brilliance. How yeah. do you do it? Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir here. Choir boy of one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what you do is, uh, if if I want to get in touch with what is what is mine to do? Um, first thing I have to do is I have to still the mind. I yeah. have to. So I would uh, I would do as you do. I would sit quietly, close my eyes, and get into a meditative state. Do mm-hmm. my best to relax my body, still my body, mind. And if I have anything emotional going, to release anything emotional. So I'm sort of I am there as consciousness, mm-hmm. as best I'm able, and then to ask the question. And just listen. 
Just yeah. listen. What am I to do? What is this? And uh, I had an experience a couple days ago. Sanford and I were talking to our business partners. Uh, you mentioned Catherine Roski. She and her husband and Sanford and I have a business called Live in Co-Creation. All right. And we were talking about we're about to take a trip to Germany in a couple of months. Mm. And we were, uh, we were sort of strategizing about certain steps in a process. And right in the middle of it, it just came for me, and it was like I got it. And it was because I was in that field with those others, and it could have happened for any one of us, but it was me in that moment, and it was like, I think we should do this, and this, and this, and it was just a yes. It was right there. Uh-huh. And they resonated. And they resonated. Yeah. They said, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Great. So it can be very effortless and um, real easy, and other times, you know, I may... I may have to reflect a number of times before something comes to me. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really great. Yeah. Who? What sort of people stand to benefit most from implementing these practices? Who, who do you? Who do you find that they make the most difference to? Oh boy, I I see it across the whole spectrum. So families, for mm-hmm. sure, can benefit mm-hmm. from this. Yeah. Really wonderful to start with. You know, three year olds and bring these practices into your family where you're really treating other people with respect as co-equals. Uh, definitely in business. Uh, startups are a great place to begin this. And we've yeah. had a lot of people buy the book and start this in startups. Yeah. So they're starting at the ground level. Yeah. Um, nonprofits, any project groups, people who are going to just do a project together in their community, yeah. follow these principles. Fantastic. So, yeah. you know, in education, medicine, the media, you know, every arena of society can benefit from this. And you know what I see happening is, as you mentioned about the Me Too and Occupy Wall Street and everything, this is an organic process that is happening. Hmm. And you know, um, in nineteen in the late 1980s, Barbara and I were doing a seminar in Upper State Michigan. And we were teaching co-creative practices, and there were two Native Americans in the room. And during the break, like at lunchtime, they came up to us and they said, "These are practices that we have been that our people have been using for centuries." All right, right. So this is you know we didn't make this up. This was revealed to us. Do you want to finish us off with one more practice? One more practice. Well, I want to say one more thing, and yeah. then and then a thing. Yeah, yeah, a thing. And the thing is the final, the final element of the process. Yes, is um, we call it, you know, building the new world. Yeah, and it is new leadership. Yeah, and uh, so the new leader is someone who is accountable, someone who is aware of their own gifts, and can see the gifts of other people on the team and empower those people, call those gifts forward, yeah. and make make sure that everyone is accountable. But it's not me telling you what to do. Um, the other thing I want to mention is the whole principle of natural hierarchies. We've yes. talked about we're flattening the, the hierarchy here, mm-hmm. but there are natural hierarchies on a team. Mm-hmm. So there are people who know what to do in that moment, and when they know what to do, they call themselves forward, and they're the leader in that moment. So we all respect that. We can say, oh yeah, Arjuna, he's, he's a great writer. Let's have him write this. Or, mm-hmm. or you would say... I enjoy writing. I'm going to write this. So, you know, I I do want to mention that. Beautiful. Um, The other thing I want... So co-creation, this is, I think, a misunderstanding people sometimes have. Yeah. Co-creation doesn't mean no leader. 
It means right. it means a leader who brings out the best in people. And it doesn't mean that everyone's doing the same thing. People do still have different areas of strength. Yeah, yeah. everyone's a leader mm. and you have to have the diversity. Now what That's about, I mean, this is maybe a little bit of a big topic to bring in towards the end of our conversation, but what about like, if you have a company and you want to make the company co-creative, mm -hmm. do, you, do you aspire towards everyone earning the same amount of money? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. I think uh, people are making different uh, contributions. You know, the per if you think of like a Steve Jobs, mm -hmm. you know, his contribution was greater than his, you know, secretary. Yeah. So, no, I think you have to acknowledge that okay. there are, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a more subtle thing than people sometimes imagine because uh -huh. you still have leadership, but it's a different style of leadership. Yeah. You still have financial differences and, you, and not everyone's doing the same thing, just everyone's doing what they're good at. Yeah. yeah. Now, for example, in this business that I'm a part of where there's just four partners, yeah. we're, we're co-equal. You know, we're all doing different tasks, but we all are compensated equally. And that's just a, cho a choice we made. With that company, yeah. what do you do? Like, what's your income stream? What do we do? For the, for, for the company you mentioned. The, the, well, the... It's, just, it's just the four of us. Yeah. And uh, uh, so our income is basically from our teaching. Teaching seminars and, yeah. and workshops yeah. and training. And, of course, Catherine and I earn money from the book. Yeah, got it. Great. So one other thing I want to say, mm -hmm. Arjuna, the final step here, is once you have your team... Yeah. Then the final step is we call the convergence of cores, and we can see this happening right now. The different groups are coming together. We're amplifying our energies. We're amplifying the the creativity and the intelligence that's available to all of us. Right. So you know, if you're a if you're a speaker, you need to have a marketing person, a PR person, a video person, whatever. Yeah. And those people may have their teams too. So that is, that's the final step. And we see that happening now. We see a lot of groups that are now, uh, you know, collaborating with one another. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Thank you so much for coming by today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah it's, there's so much more we can go into this. And I really recommend this book. I've, I read the first edition very thoroughly. Uh-huh. And I've kind of dipped into the second edition, but it's a big book. You know, it's a, it's an eight and a half by eleven book, so it's a, you know big format. It's like two hundred and fifty pages of a big format, and it's got tons of exercises. So it's a, it's a very very thorough book on how to do this for real. Lots of words in here. I see lots of chapters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lots of pages. <laughs> well, decades of experience. Decades of experience. Takes lots of pages. So there's a lot of very practical tips about how to turn a company, mm -hmm. how to turn any kind of initiative co-creative and to get so much more value from everyone's contribution, but also so much fulfillment for everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much, and I forgive you for pushing me out of line. What about the, 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 the fish in the, zoo, in the shoe? Yeah, I forgive you for that. Too. You're very forgiving. I love you. Okay. I, I'm not sure about that thing you did though, where you uh, where you put the chewing gum in in in, in the tail gate of my pipe of, of my car. That was a little mean. But we'll work on that one. Okay. <laughs>
and, uh, and you can find out more about her there. So as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I come back, here I am, to suggest a practice for you. And the, and the purpose of having a practice at the end of the podcast is it shifts you, the person listening, from being a, a passive um, consumer to being a proactive uh, participant. So you can actually take what you've heard and make it into your life today. And if it rubs off on you, practice a few times and it actually becomes a meme that has jumped from one candle flame to another. It becomes part of your living experience and you own it. So here's a wonderful thing to do today. Carolyn has already guided us a little bit in this, but if there's anything that you do co-creatively with other people, it could be living in a house together. It could be with your, with your family. It could be at your work. And there's a decision to be made. You could experiment with some of the guidelines that Carolyn prescribes in the Co-Creators Handbook. So first of all, just sit together, sit quietly, sit, uh, sit quietly and calmly together and just let the thoughts and the overactive emotions just drop away until you fall into a, a feeling of, of being at home, of being at peace, of being with yourself. And then the, the art that she describes is to simply wait, to simply wait for a message or a solution or a decision to arise and you'll notice it very it's a very different feeling when it's i want or i want to dominate or even i'm afraid it has more of a contracted feeling to it almost any emotion tied to personal self-interest has a contraction a kind of urgency somewhere in the body when it's uh when you're trying to figure it out through logic it has more of a sort of spinning nervous quality in your mind but you know when this co-creative inner knowing happens when there's just a calm, slightly amused certainty like, ah, that's the right thing. There's no need to overthink it. There's no need to, um, to get emotional about it. It's just, ah, you know what's right. You know what to do. So if you can do that with a group of people, you know, Jesus used to say when two or more are gathered in my name, but it could be two, three, four people, when everybody starts to fall in tune, now it may be that you all have the same message together. It may be somebody, somebody gets the, the clarity and they speak it aloud, and, but everyone else immediately goes, ah, yeah, that's it. So experiment with that. I really encourage you while this podcast is still fresh in your mind, experiment with your family, with people you work with, if you're part of a nonprofit organization, if you're part of a group of any kind that does anything, experiment with decisions in this way until you start to notice what it's like to tune into a decision or an outcome that is no longer attached to your personal self-interest, but completely tuning into a co-creation with an intelligence beyond our own thinking. Thanks a lot for being here, and I look forward to hanging with you again next week.